What do you do when you're not sure? That's the topic of my sermon today. Last year when President Kennedy was assassinated, who among us did not experience the most profound disorientation? Despair. Which way? What now? What do I say to my kids? What do I tell myself? It was a time of people sitting together, bound together by a common feeling of hopelessness. But think of that. Your bond with your fellow being was your despair. It was a public experience. It was awful. But we were in it together. How much worse is it then for the lone man, the lone woman, stricken by a private calamity? No one knows I'm sick. No one knows I've lost my last real friend. No one knows I've done something wrong. Imagine the isolation. Now you see the world as through a window. On one side of the glass, happy, untroubled people. And on the other side, you. I want to tell you a story. A cargo ship sank one night. It caught fire and went down. And only this one sailor survived. He found a lifeboat, rigged a sail, and being of a nautical discipline, turned his eyes to the heavens and read the stars. He set a course for home and exhausted, fell asleep. Clouds rolled in, and for the next 20 nights, he could no longer see the stars. He thought he was on course, but there was no way to be certain. And as the days rolled on and the sailor wasted away, he began to have doubts. Had he set his course right? Was he still going on towards his home? Or was he horribly lost and doomed to a terrible death? No way to know. The message of the constellations. Had he imagined it because of his desperate circumstances? Or had he just seen the truth once and now had to hold on to it without further reassurance? There are those of you in church today who know exactly the crisis of faith I describe, and I want to say to you, doubt can be a bond as powerful and sustaining as certainty. When you are lost, you are not alone. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I didn't write that short sermon. I wish I had. Because if I had, I would have a Pulitzer Prize Antonio Award on my shelf at home. Those are the words of playwright John Patrick Shanley, put into the mouth of fictional Catholic priest from the 1960s, Father Brendan Flynn. The name of the original play is called Doubt, a parable. It was adapted to film in 2008, starring Amy Adams, Meryl Streep, and the late Philip Seymour Hoffman as Father Flynn. And a brief Gut-wrenching performance by Viola Davis, which is perfection. I've seen the film at least four times. It's on Netflix now. I recommend it to you as the masterpiece that it is. But like doubt itself, I cannot explain it to you. I'll have to leave that for your interpretation. Without spoiling it, I am at a loss for who the villain in the story is and who the hero is. The person I most despise in this film just might be the one with the most integrity. And the person I find myself cheering for could very well be a monster. 
And there are innocent characters caught up in this drama, the search for the truth. They are hurt by this search for the truth. Doubt is so perfectly named, and that first sermon, fictional though it may be, reigns painfully true for many. Quoting again, there are those of you in church today who know exactly the crisis of faith I describe. I confess to you, it is perplexing to me when I meet people of faith who have never, or at least they say never, have never had a crisis of that faith they profess. I find that hard to believe. I doubt people who have never had doubt. I want to ask them, are you human? Have you no soul? Have your unassailable convictions, your inner confidence made your heart so unassailable? so impervious to the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune that you no longer bleed, that you no longer wonder, that you no longer feel like some days you are off course. No longer ask, is any of this actually real? Doubt. We have been told that it is the enemy of faith. It is not. It is the partner of faith. For wherever there is day, there is night. Where there is light, there will be darkness. Where there is blessed assurance, there will be crippling confusion. Where there is certainty in the path you are walking, there is also skepticism about how to take your next step. If there is faith-inducing clarity, at some point there will be shadows, billowing shadows of doubt. The Bible reading this morning, Anna has so rightly said, occurs some days distant of the resurrection. Jesus has already appeared to His disciples multiple times in and around Jerusalem. But this reading occurs in Galilee. Jesus goes home, so to speak. The disciples gather around him, and based on what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, a large group is on that mountainside that day with the disciples. Quoting Paul, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. This event fits that bill. And here Jesus speaks words of assurance and faith. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even, even to the end of the age. That's Matthew's last word. His gospel ends right there. The resurrected Jesus standing transformed in their presence and says, be sure of this, I am with you to the very end of the age. The men and the women on that mountainside would in time, turn the world upside down. A core of 11, a collection of a few hundred, and within four centuries, the civilized world would be Christianized. And all these centuries later, we live on and live off of the faith of these original believers who worshipped, believed, and made disciples of all nations. If you are a Christian today, You are a Christian because of this group gathered on this mountain. 
How many of you have bit the bullet and had your DNA tested? We've all had it tested at our house because only a few of us are biologically connected. And when I say we've been tested, it sounds like somebody's got rabies. Or I had to go to the clinic to get a clean bill of health or something. Well, we've all been tested and uh, we've got, I think, a slice of every human genome under our roof. Scandinavian, English, Irish, Scottish, Polish, Nigerian, Native American, Ghana, Togo, Germany, Wales. It's a beautiful thing. Now you combine that with your family tree and you can just keep going back, 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 back to your origins. And you learn with a little work, not just where you come from, but you learn about the people who produced you, who made you. And if we had spiritual DNA records, we could do the same. Our ancestors of faith are on this mountainside with Jesus in Galilee. We are the disciples of the disciples of the disciples of the disciples of these disciples of Jesus. Did you get it? But they all aren't burning infernos of conviction, are they? Disciples, yes. But not everyone is confident on that mountainside. Verse 17, when they saw Him, that is Jesus, they worshipped Him. But some of them doubted. There it is. At the very beginning, the outset of this thing that would become known as the church and Christianity, there is unwavering belief and there is skepticism. There is doubt. And what did they doubt? They doubted that any of this was real. This this can't be Jesus standing here. Not after what we saw that was done to Him. Surely not. And what is all this talk of being with us to the very end of the age? How is such a thing even possible? They were doubting everything, even as they were surrounded by worshiping, convinced believers. And it's true even now. This room, this room today, has people in it who are convinced beyond any shadow of a doubt. And this room has people in it who are trapped within the shadow of doubt. Next week will be the same. The only difference is some of you will change teams and change places. And if you are like me, the doubter and the believer are both alive and well inside of you. Maybe like Agnes Boujou. You don't know her as Agnes Boujou. She's better known as Teresa after taking her vows. Mother Teresa. Officially since 2016, she is known as Saint Teresa of Calcutta. A simple Albanian woman who entered the convent at 18. Years later, by sheer force and faith, founded the Missionaries of Charity, 1950. She and her sisters would live intentionally among the poorest of the poor in India caring for lepers, those with HIV, the untouchables of the lower caste system, street orphans, caring for the dying, healing the sick, feeding the hungry. She became a symbol in the 20th century of Christian care for the poor and a defender of the dignity of all human life. 
a person of ceaseless faith, it would appear, a Nobel Prize, countless honors and awards, a saint, a real one. And yet, she was torn apart secretly by doubt. We did not know this until after she died, but just before her death, she commissioned her letters and personal correspondence to be published. And upon reading them, you find that they are at times heartbreaking volumes of torturous doubt. Quoting St. Teresa of Calcutta. I have such a deep longing for God, but I am repulsed. Empty. I have no faith. No love. No zeal. Heaven means nothing to me. Pray for me, please, that I can keep smiling in spite of everything. Pray specifically for me that I might not spoil God's work and that our Lord may show Himself to me. For there is such terrible darkness within me as if everything is dead. The silence and the emptiness is so great that I look and do not see. I listen and do not hear. I have no faith. Deep down there is nothing but emptiness and darkness. My God, how painful is this unknown suffering. It pains me without ceasing. And I dare not utter the words and thoughts that crowd in my heart. The many unanswered questions that live within me. I am afraid to uncover them because it is blasphemy. If there is a God, then oh God, please forgive me. What are we mortals going to do when a saint suffers like this? What chance do we ordinary sinners have? And it's not just Teresa, it's St. John of the Cross. It's St. Francis of Assisi. It's John the Baptist in prison. It's Elijah hiding in a cave. It's Jacob wrestling with the angel of the Lord. It's Jesus hanging on the cross of his suffering and says, My God, why? Why have you forsaken me? And that is an answer of sorts. Returning to that sermon from the fictional father Flynn, doubt can be a bond as powerful and sustaining as certainty. When you are lost, you are not alone. The best of believers the very founder and finisher of our faith, the Lord Himself, had to face the crucible of doubt. It is false advertising to tell a believer that they will never have to worry again about doubt, despondency, uncertainty, or skepticism ever again. Oh, you will. Over and over and over again. And some of the things that you face will shake your foundations in a profound way. You're going to go to school and learn things in science class, in philosophy class, and in history class that will undermine what you have been taught at home. It will undo you. It will remake you. You're going to suffer injustice. You are going to be cheated, framed, lied about, blamed, and you will wonder in your innocence, how could God allow such a thing like this to happen to me? It will shake you. You're going to find yourself... In an, in an oncology department. 
you're going to have to hire an attorney. You're going to bury a spouse or a child. You're going to have an arrest record. People you love are going to absolutely crush you and disappoint you. You're going to wake up more than once in the middle of the night and ask yourself, why am I still holding on? And an answer will not be forthcoming. But take heart, because your doubt is leading you to faith. Doubt is not a contradiction to faith. It is an absolute essential. It keeps us searching, wondering, hoping, curious, receptive. It is certainty. The kind of rigid, case-closed, I-don't-need-anything-else certainty that contradicts faith. That is delusional. For in matters of the heart and spirit, there is always mystery. There is always what cannot be known easily. We must begin with doubt or faith is never possible because doubt drives us to the truth and we should never be afraid of the truth. Doubt gives us the holy compulsion to seek, to experience, to understand. We will have our shadows of doubt because indeed a light is in fact shining somewhere. And it is the light that we seek. As Lord Tennyson said, there lives more faith in honest doubt than in all the creeds. So I return to fictional Father Flynn's masterful sermon. Not to amend it, but to extend it. The surviving sailor of a nautical discipline turned his eyes to heaven and read the stars. He set a course for his home and exhausted fell asleep. Had he set the right course? Was he still going towards his home? He washed up on a small desert island. He was alive but far from home. And he did the best he could building a little hut out of driftwood and palm branches to protect himself from the elements to store his few possessions. And daily he would pray for God to save him as he desperately scanned the watery horizon for any would-be rescuer. And then one day, after scavenging for food, he arrived at his makeshift home to find his little hut in flames, the smoke rolling up to the sky, as if shipwreck and loneliness were not enough. Now his only shelter was gone. Stunned with anger and doubt, he shouted at the sky, God, how could you do this to me? And he collapsed on the sand, exhausted. Early the next morning, he was suddenly awakened by what he thought was the last trumpet of the apocalypse. It was not. It was the horn of a great ship that was approaching the island. It had come to rescue him. Tears of joy now streamed down the man's face as he ran, waded, and half swam toward the vessel in the lagoon. How did you know I was here? He asked his rescuers. And they answered, Oh, we saw the smoke of your signal fire. High in the sky. So when you feel as if all the faith you can muster is burning to the ground, it just might be the means by which the risen Christ Himself will appear to you. And your doubt might become the very thing that brings you to God.